Radio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and Average Archer. Chris Toll. Target Man. Suspicious Character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the Daft is Scottish football podcast around. I'm Stephen Purden and let's welcome the starting lineup. First, let's welcome the biggest star of Scott Squad, to everyone else, Cam Spragans, aka Shagger, but you and me, he is Chris Toll. How you doing, Chris? Right, man. How you saying? That was quite the introduction for That was a good one. And now a man who's also appeared in Scott Squad, it's Gredo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, the bunch. Not much. How are you, boys? He's okay. Aye. Oh, Tonight, in Scottish football, anyway. No, I never mind about football. I just want to tell everybody, everybody in Ayrshire, that it was that storm last night. <clears throat> a big storm. Oh. We were recording on a Thursday. A big storm on Wednesday night. A lot of people couldn't get sleep. A lot of fun on looking. Hey, mate, Ah, uh, ah, uh, my head's up my arse. Uh, so that storm's like, really taking its toll on me. Um, had the band doing the hatches last night. Not, not very many go to sleep, many people go to sleep in Ayrshire. Uh, just hope everybody's safe. Well, Grado was, just to clear up, Grado was late for the recording of this show today. Uh, and then in the voice, he left a voice note in the group chat saying it was a terrible storm in Ayrshire last night and the roads are fucked. It must have been really bad if the roads are fucked. Uh, How fucked are the roads? Well, there's water on the roads. It was flooding down <laughs> Stevenson Main Street. What are actual roads made of? Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they're fucked, man. The fuck? What else is it, baby? Fucking the amazing tar, tar, tar and concrete. Fuck it, move on, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to Grado's favourite subject, league reconstruction. Oh. Grado, talk me through it. What are you thinking? I don't have a fucking. I'm, I'm switched. I'm switched. I don't know what's happening with reconstructions. I've no idea what's the what's been put on the table. I'm just no interest anywhere. I'm, I'm like, not. I can't be the only one. I'm just fed up listening been, to it. This is the first time I've actually paid attention to it. Right, uh, tell us. Reconstruction. I, I don't know why they voted it down. To be honest with you, it's, it's it, ridiculous. Honestly, why can you know like, this is this could this could have a kick on effect for for another couple of seasons. Well, I think the season, this upcoming season, is going to. I would say September, October time until it really starts. I think there's going to be so much. The, the worrying thing is, and for this podcast, and for mainly Grado, is we're probably going to be talking about league reconstruction nearly every week, so it's not going to go away, big man. <laughs> Honestly, I just... Do you know what? I even find it hard to even buzz when I saw that Rangers were going back to the training other day, and usually when it's like, you see the teams get in for the first time of the season, and that, you're like, you're right, but I'm just like, I don't know what to look forward to. What about Johnny Hayes, You going to miss him? Um, do you know what? Uh, if he goes... He took no, he's gone. He's left Celtic. When he, he done what he was asked to do to a to a decent standard, he got a he got a bit of a hassle uh, off the fans and stuff like that. But I thought that he was a good professional. He done what he was asked to do, and he never ever get played in his own correct position. 
which mm. is when I guarantee if he signs for Aberdeen and he goes back and they play him in his right position, he'll have a fucking stormer of a season and the Celtic fans will be like that. Wow, Why did they let him go? Right. It's, like, it's almost like he's just had a wee loan spell at Celtic. Exactly. And in that loan spell, he, he was out for a year and a half with a bad injury, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's, like, it's a shame you see him go because I know that obviously is a, he's a Celtic fan growing up as mm. a boy and playing for any again another one that scored the winner in a, in a uh, Celtic Rangers match. So what about Cam Berry, Gredo? Would you sign him? Well, I actually feel very sorry for Cam Berry, and I think he'll be one of these players if he doesn't get a move. He's always going to remember this. Everybody's going to remember this pandemic, but I feel sorry for him because um, that the football was taken away from him right at the wrong time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, because in the games I did see him, he, he did try, he, he, he busted his arse, but um, whether the, the quality was there, it was. It remained to be seen. And I'm just thinking, he did, he did, he did, he did. Um, but I just think, I don't know if it was enough. I just don't know if it was on, enough for him to... We're on 50 grand, but... I know, I know, I know. That's. I mean, I mean, I mean, Hibs, Hibs know that, I mean, are Hibs going to play him again? For what he's saying? He can't go back to Hibs. He can't go back to Hibs. And if they're looking at 150 grand, then I would... Would you, where would you, Dable? Would you take the, take the risk? For 150 grand, probably. It's a guy you know the way we train. He's already been there. It's only going to cost you 150 grand. He's not going to start every week. He's going to be a squad player. Why no? Mm-hmm. 150 mm-hmm. grand. Right. So, no, I'd, I, I would, as I say, if, if he doesn't sign for us, then I will, see, I will feel terrible for him because he didn't get the opportunity to show us what he could do for real. Right, how are meant to be looking at him? Hull City, ain't he? Right, don't know. I've talked to a couple of teams down south being interested. I, if I'm a Rangers fan and we have written that's been going on, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, buy him for 150,000 and that does damage to one of your opponents as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if Hibs get, say, 250,000 for him, that's enough to buy, bring in another player. Ah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if, you never know, man. It's if, Certainly looking at it from a Rangers fan's point of view, that's the way that I would, I would be thinking about it. So on the show today, we have former Dundee United Celtic and current breaking manager Mark Wilson. And it's Chris's turn on the Legends Lottery after what people are referring to the Legends Lottery screw job last week. When it was revealed, Grado had joined forces with producer John to try and book guests. Disgusting behaviour. Do you agree, Tom? Disgusting. Uh, do you know... If he'd, have, if he'd have reached a hand out to me, it's the cloak and dagger way that it was done. Right, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like there was, I don't know, just it was sneaky. Right, look, I mean, it you put sneaky. yourself in my shoes, right? The gaffer of the show phones you up and says, "Look, I can get you this. I can get you what you need. You do not need to worry about this. Mm-hmm. I will take care of you. I will model call you. You know what I mean? You're going to take that. What? What? Model call." <laughs> You're going to model call you. What the fuck Molly Coddy. You Molly Coddy. You're getting Molly Coddy'd. Then you're going to take he's that. Going to, he's going to model call you. So take, hey. So take you need, your... You need take to your, stop on him, man. That's a fucking shit. Take your fucking steak. Take your grievances <laughs> to your... Take your grievances to the producer. Well, no, boys. Gradle works in the front line, okay? Yes. You know, the boy's working two or three jobs at the moment. You know, he's doing the podcast, he's doing the radio, he's working on the front line. So, you know, I'd just like to lend a helping hand to those key workers at this point. Hey, we'll see at the end of the day. up, John. End of the day, you fucked it. <laughs> Aye. So, Chris, 
Yes. Have you fucked it this week? Have, have we got something to look forward to? Well, you'll just need to wait and fucking see, won't you? Okay, Doc. Right. Now, on to yourself again, Toll. The man who has more sources than Chick Young. My favourite part of the show is Chris Toll's Rumour Mill. Well, after the backlash of my reveal of Lanarkshire FC, the talks have broken down. Right. And now there's extra animosity between Motherwell and Hamilton Ackies now. Aye. It's like some some would say it's almost old firm levels. But right. I I digress. Let me go on to this week's rumour. So I was on was on Facebook the other day and I was just Chatting away, trying to speak to a couple of footballers, and somebody says to me, he says, listen, I've got a wee story for you for your rumour now. I says, what's this story? Tell me this story. He says, it's not a rumour, it's fact. I says, what is this fact? He says, remember, Lanarkshire FC? I says, aye. He says, it's all went pear-shaped. I said, right, okay. He says, and this is what's happening now. All four Lanarkshire clubs are going to build a stadium on Strathclyde Park. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a 10,000-seater, all singing, all dancing. They're all getting in together, and they're going to play their games. Boom, boom, boom. Right? So they're not they're, they're not joining forces. They're just building a big belter stadium. But it's, it's going to be called the Jockstein Stadium, after Lanarkshire's favourite son. All right. So what do you make of that one? It's good news. I mean, if there's the more stadia, the more stadia, the better. You know, for our hopes of getting any kind of World oh, Cup yeah. games, you know, World Cup tournaments in Scotland, and that it's a good idea. Right, people are, people are going to people are going to poo poo this, right? But mm-hmm. as we all know, M and D's is now out of commission. They've mm-hmm. they've went, they've went into liquidation. They're no longer so M and D's park isn't there anymore. That's where the stadium's going to be. They're going to build this big stadium now. And it's going to be an absolute topper. Are they retaining the big wheel near the stadium, Chris? Well, that's the thing. They're going to incorporate, see all of the carriages, right, the big wheel. It's going to be like uh, like VIP boxes. Where you them at the back of the stand and people will go and get you like your drinks and stuff like that during the game and bring them to your wee hang. And if, when the game goes like, from side to side, you can just do that. You don't need to move your head. Wow. You can just do that and the thing like, kind of moves with you. It's, Who's it's, putting the money into it? Incredible, incredible. It's, uh, uh, I, I was going to say his name there, the person that told me this, but I better not because obviously I don't want to give away my sources. Mm. But it's a, it's a well-known guy that's been involved in Scottish football with more than one club before. Is Harry Redknapp involved in this as well? Well, that's the thing. I, I think that's part of it, the, the Harry Redknapp thing. And it's, I, imagine Harry Redknapp was like the landlord for Albion Rovers. What a buzz. What a buzz right. that would be. So it's going to be Motherwell. Hamilton, Airdrie, and Albion Rovers in the Jockstein Stadium at the, at the old site of M&Ds. I've got a question, Chris. I've got a question on this. How are they going to play all four gates? You know, because you can understand if it's two teams like Milan yeah. and Inter Milan using the San Siro, it's home and away, home and away. How are they going to do all the, how are they going to fulfill their fixtures at the... Set the Sunday, probably, yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's going to, that's what a lot of people were, were asking, my um, source. And... Uh, he told me he doesn't fucking know. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. A big thank you to our sponsors, G4 Claims. And if you've been in a road traffic accident and you're not at fault, G4 Claims can make it easy for you. They can provide you with the complete accident management support you'd require. They'll recover the costs from the at-fault party, sort you with a like-for-like vehicle replacement, and they will also organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and returned to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they will recover the pre-accident value for your car and write you a big fat check for it. And best of all, it won't cost you a penny as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. And G4 claims don't cold call, they don't buy data, and once they've processed your claim, your insurance will remain unscathed. And the best thing is, Nicole and the team over there won't take on your case if they don't think they can help. So if you have been in a road traffic accident or know someone that has, get on to G4 claims on 01698 767, Gravelo's favourite airplane, 172, that's 01698-767-172. Get them at notatfaultclaim.com or find them on social media at G4 Claims Limited. G4 Claims, Not at Fault, not at fault Claims, made easy. <laughs> Football Dafts, big question. Now time for the big question. I'm not sure if you boys saw Rebby's red card for Milan at the weekend, which looked me like something I would do in a wrestling ring and a tackle. Anyway, it's, it's good, good about a part there, John. Cheers for that. Anyway, it's inspired this week's big question as we asked, what is the best and I guess the worst red card that you've ever seen in oh. football, the glorious game? Oh. The best is got to be Zidane's. Aye. Keep but own Matarazzi. His... Bowing out a football on the grandest of stages and sticking the Napa right on Matarazzi. Scott, away you go. Aye, aye. My best one. Got a final of the World Cup. Uruguay versus Ghana. Ball. Ghana about to put the ball into the net in the last minute of extra time. Suarez dives up. Saves it with his horn. Goes down and kids on. He's had it off his face. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 His performance was outstanding when he's doing hot in his face and all that. It was, it was so good, man. <laughs> Remember the boy at Newcastle? Remember the boy playing from Newcastle? He was down in the deck and the boy hurt the shot and it, he put his horn up and saved it and then Aye. he was down. Aye, started kidding on, he fucking hurt him. Everything <laughs> changes. <laughs> These boys have got a gig at River City, Stephen. <laughs> oh, with that. <laughs> They're not that good. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there is a couple of worst ones out there where you just like, kind of, you go, what a redneck. Like, remember Lafferty's against Aberdeen? Who was it? Was it, was it Foster? Or? Charlie Mulgrew. Charlie Mulgrew. Aye. Uh, things like that, man. You, you cringe and you but, wince but, it. For dramatic performances, Rivaldo Suarez, isn't it? Lafferty and Suarez. The way Lafferty went down was like... Oh, I... <laughs> 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 And he went across the ball and it fucking scalped the referee in the face. The referee got up and sent him off. <laughs> Can you do that? Take a look at some of the tweets that we've received, you know. Uh, yeah. I can catch us at Football Daft uh, online. We've got Ewan McLaughlin, Valverde versus Marata. 
Marata Froon goal in the Spanish Super Cup to win it in the dime, and it's only to be hacked down by Valverde. Apparently, Sergio Ramos even shouted, "Kill him!" Beautiful piece of beautiful piece of shit houseery. Simeone also said he'd have done the same. <laughs> That was the best bit. I watched that interview after it. And he's, he's getting interviewed, obviously. You're getting it in, in uh, English. He's like, I had done the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, we've got Kieran McBride. Uh, he's a Dan World Cup final. Stevie, you've obviously spoke about that one. Um, apparently, it was a right fuck you, pal. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant, man. Right, Niall Kane. Here we go. One of our former guests is getting a mention here. Bob Malcolm, well played for Motherwell, two-footed challenge on Massimo Donati at Celtic Park. The game Motherwell won one nil. Simon Lappin scored. Big Boba. Boba would have been happy that day then, huh? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well took myself. He'll <laughs> get Jimmy McKinley. It's got to be Greg Taylor for Kilmarnock on Joey Barton. That was a fucking bad one. Man. Aye, man. That was nasty, that one. That was nasty. That was a fuck you, pal. Wasn't it? That, that was. That was. Um, Morrissey's Alan McGregor against Hibs. I can't remember that. What was that? Did they know when they got sent off? Oh, that's when McCrory went in goals. Oh, I was in that game. I know for fuck's sake. Graham Moore, who says Queller handball at Celtic Park and the fan commentary that went with it. I remember that. Yeah. Alan Kidd. I like Clellan for having enough of Del Piero ripping the fish. Oh, <laughs> it absolutely tore him about three arseholes that night, man. Del Wait, Piero when are you going to there's, only, there's going to come a point where you just go fucking like, hear you. Know what I mean? <laughs> Debo is actually what the first one I thought he when you um Kiriakos getting booked for oh, a on Celtic in the League Cup, then sarcastically claps the referee. Eh, no, claps at the Celtic fans cheering the booking. And getting booked again and sent off for it. I think caught the referee, no? No, he was caught in the referee. He was definitely caught in the referee, wasn't he? I would say he got the booking, and then I think it was the pure, it was the classic case of the. Aye, well done, mate, Dafty. Well done, Dafty. But and then it's just. I remember he's turning round, and he's still doing it. He's turning round, and the refs just kind of caught him, and mm. right arm went boom. So it was like basically, aye. So aye. thanks to all the listeners for all your your red card stories and. Yeah, yeah, so I uh, just like to react, react. Thanks, fans, for following us. You know, it's uh, it's always good to hear feedback and any other feedback you want to just get in touch at Football Daft on Twitter. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. On Football Daft, we have made it our mission to find out where the cult heroes are now on our Legends Lottery. Each week, one of the team is tasked with finding a former club legend, well, apart from Grado, from Scottish football and getting them on the show. Then it's up to you, the listener, to rate how good out of five the guest was after last week's rating. For, well, no, last week. It was, well, it was last week, Stevie Smith, wasn't it? That was a rating last week, but Grado... What did I get? Well... I'm sitting, on, I'm, I'm sitting on 7.6 after the punters gave me a good rating for old Stevie Smith. Grado is still on zero. Yeah, I'm on zero. Aye, because, mate, you didn't, you and John collaborated, member, and came up with fuck all. Come <laughs> <laughs> calling it the Legends Lottery screw job, Grado. Aye, the Legends <laughs> Lottery screw job between producer John and Grado. 
Now, it's Chris's turn, who's currently on 6.1 with Hibs legend Mickey Weir and the one and only Jerry Pellini. Yeah. So, Lads. Chris, you can talk us through this now, mate. Lads, there's no greater cult hero to football daft than the one and only Mr. Ewan Cameron. <laughs> no way, man. No way, man. No this is fuck. This is fuck. I thought Ewan. it was the Legends Lottery. Ewan, every week we bring on a legend of Scottish football. Right? Why am I here? Because <laughs> you're a legend of football daft, mate. You're a legend of football daft. And as much as I rip the push out of you, you're an alright guy at times. So I thought we'll get you in on and get the chat. So we'll catch these arse here. So basically, the competition is between you lot to bring on a football legend. The best you can do, Toll, is me. I uh, get to know you still listening to the show, yeah, Brick. Thanks. Hi, thanks. I'm playing the game, mate. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a media um, personality. I've been playing the game. I know how to play the game. I fucking know what you are doing. Should do it every week and bring in on legends. Where's your beard? You don't look right. <laughs> I just had a shave earlier. So what is it? We, we, I, mean, I just hate talk shite, or what is it? Well, that's good. Yeah, that's this is good. I, I got Stephen Smith on the week before last. We talked about his career at Rangers and that. So can you just talk about your career at like, other radio shows and stuff? I, I, tell, you what, mate, I tell you what, Ewan, if, if you want, tell us what you've been doing since you left football daft. Sturgeon, you, inter- you interviewed Sturgeon, didn't you? That's the big news. That went Aye. viral. That went, that went viral. That went viral, <laughs> dude. See, see, you get him on the show yesterday, and I'll get you in to show you the conversation. I said, see if he's come on, Gredo and Bob's reaction will go viral. And see, when I said that, he went, I know, boy, I'll come on the show. <laughs> there's a story behind this viral thing, which we're, there's no point in getting into it. But what I will say is this, Pardon, any more of your shit, and I'm going to be rage quitting. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So anyway, Ewan. Um, you're, you're, you're a big Hearts fan, aren't you? What's been happening with Hearts these days? Wait, wait, hold on a minute, Toll. When you asked me to come on yesterday, what did I say to you? Don't ask me about Hearts. What did I say to you? Don't ask me about Hearts. What's the fucking first thing you do? Well, listen, I'm, I wouldn't be a good journalist if I didn't try to get the answers, Ewan. <laughs> He's only learning for the best, mate. I'm sure if you can understand yourself being a journalist of such high standing, we want to get the we want to get the meat off the bones of the questions. So you can either answer or you can rage quit. It's up to you. Well, let me first of all ask you because I've not had a chance to speak to you since it happened. What's it like winning in your eight and three quarter Premier League Championship? Listen, you you remember like for the last four or five years, every year you've said to me. Celtic are only going to win the league this year. Celtic are only going to win the league this year. Celtic are only going to win it. I tell you what, you'll know they're not a treble. I tell you what, you'll know they're not a treble. And every single time that you've said it, it's been flung right back in your face, isn't it? Because, listen, I'm only here as a, as a, what would I say, as a, as a friend. I want to know how you're feeling about what's going on with your club, you That's all I'm asking. I would say that Anne Budge has been exemplary throughout the entire situation around Neil Doncaster, the SPFL. I think she's played a blinder. I, I, listen, see, at the end of the day, Hearts are in the position because we've only won four games out of 30 before the, um, 
the enforced break because of the pandemic. And I've said very little about the subject matter on social media. And the reason for that, because I've just been watching what's been going on. And I had a couple of things to say about Neil Doncaster and the SPFL. And they're a joke. I mean, it's a joke outfit. It's outdated. It needs sorting out. It needs modernising. There's too much self-interest. There's not enough thinking for the greater good of the game. So I think throughout it all, and Budge has played a blinder. And I think now that Hearts are basically going to delay the start of the season by taking the SPFL to court. Um, and I think we'll win it. I think there's clearly somebody, there's, there's people out there that she clearly knows has given her the advice, you've got a strong case to go and win this. And if that's the case, they're either going to win a shitload of money and they'll have to stay in the championship or there will be some sort of reconstruction of the league. They'll be forced into doing something. Hearts will get a load of money out of it from compensation or the, the league will be reconstructed. I don't see Hearts losing this court battle. No way. There's not a chance. And the thing is, with the SPFL not want it to drag on. And you know how long court cases can take. Uh-huh. So they're hoping to start in August. Never in a month of Sundays is this league starting in August. And that's the thing as well. We've seen you say that. If, if they do start the league and this court case is still going on, then that puts an asterisk next to everything. For the, Chris, you, can't, you, you clearly can't start a league championship when there is court proceedings going on when the court could, a month or two down the road, go, no, what you did was wrong. Hearts need to be back in the big time. Um, or you pay Hearts X amount of millions of pounds to keep them quiet and keep them where they are for compensation. I think, I think the, the way that you're talking about it, I think the, probably the easiest way is reconstruction, mate. It's a, I think that's the easiest way, and I know that they've they've, talk, they've voted against it and stuff like that. But like you said, if it's going to delay the start of the season, the S, uh, the SF, uh, SPFL might just decide, listen, we need we need to do this, whether it's a, whether it goes to another vote or something. Mate, mate, did you not see the quote the other day there from the Albion Rovers boss who was saying, "Oh, we voted against reconstruction because we didn't want the bus fare to Brora." That's and true. I, the Albion Rovers guy. Well. The Albion Rovers boy says, we talked about it the day before the meeting and before we decided whether we wanted a reconstruction. He says no, because it was going to cost them too much money to get to Brora. So they'd have to leave at half past six in the morning. They'd have to stop off for a meal, the bus fare, the, the cost for the meal and the petrol. That's the reason being. They didn't they fancy How many meals Broda. did they have in here? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's how ridiculous and stupid Scottish football is that they're voting because they didn't want to pay for a bus to go to Broda. Oh, do you know what? I've, I've, I've said that numerous times. I've got a Albion Rovers affinity, but... Um, I hope they draw Brora in every cup possible now. Away from <laughs> Did you not see that? No, I never seen it, mate. Honestly, no. I've, not been, I've not been paying attention to social media really. You might be the premier football podcast in Scotland. <laughs> you know, keep an eye what's being said on Scottish football. I didn't leave that to me, mate. Well, <laughs> 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 it's just like sitting in the pub with your pal. So you've been up to you no seen you in a while, mate. That's just all about. I know, but normally the legend would come on and talk about their their huge, their career and the dressing rooms and the players and all that stuff. And you're just saying to me, "What have you been up to?" I've been doing what everybody else has been doing. I've been doing nothing because we've all been stuck in the house. You can't go five miles out with your area. I've just been going backwards and forward to work. I've been sitting in my house. I've done some. I painted my wall. Do you see my wall? 
I see what I mean. This is Mr. Boot. Right, this is not wallpaper. This is paint. We stenciled it, me and my wife. You ready? That's what yes, I mean. Oh, I don't know some... that's, that's better not be a channel. That is hoaching. That's hoaching. Did, did, you, did you just do that to your wall because of the amount of times you were punching it, throwing things off it every time I punched it? Purdy keeps trying to reel me in with the chat about FIFA, and I'm not buying it. You hey, what's happening with us, Keys? I'll believe you, you, and you tell me what's happening, because I, I, I trust you'll tell me the truth, mate. Right, <laughs> see the thing when it came to this FIFA tournament that me and Purdon were in, right? When I beat him for the first time 7-4, he started this nonsense on social media about pass the pad. I apparently passed the controller over to my 19-year-old son to play the game for me. Bull. Absolute bull. I won that game fair and square. Can I speak Purdon, on the other hand, put this rumour out there because he's a sore loser. Can I just can I just intervene for a minute? And after you beat me seven four, can we talk about all the other games after that? How many you won? Listen, it doesn't matter because you know it why doesn't you matter. beat me. Because you never won fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, can I actually just put this? And I hate saying this as a Hearts man on FIFA twenty, right? Hearts are a three star team or a two and a half star team. You've got a four star team. You got exactly. more pace than me. I was always going to pump you, so why were you bumping your gum saying you were going to pump me? But it's like Rangers going up against an Albion Rovers or something in real life, but when it comes to FIFA, you're way better than me, so you were always going to beat me. What happened when we went to five-star teams each? Yeah, man. Hold on a minute, Stevie. You know, he's actually just said, you're better than me at FIFA, you were always going to beat me. That's a win. Take it one. No, it's me. Aye. No, it's me. No, it's not. It was he beat me because he had the better team. Anyway, I'm not talking about FIFA. I don't talk about the past. I only talk about the future. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in the future then? Hearts are going to um, bring Scottish football to its knees. And Scottish Aye. football will be begging Hearts to not take on that court action. And either the SPFL and the rest of the Scottish Football League are going to have to pay Hearts a shitload of compensation or they're going to have to reconstruct the leagues so that Partick, Stranraer and Hearts don't get relegated. It's that simple. It'll be one of two things. And the third option, which is that Hearts will lose that legal challenge, ain't going to happen. Hearts will not lose this legal challenge. So it's either money or put us back into the Premiership. What would you prefer, the money or put back in the Premiership? Hearts have already got a really good, strong foundation anyway with our fans who pump in two, three million a season and budge. You've also got some um, money men behind the scenes who, are, who don't want to be named who are helping at Hearts as well. Um, so I'll, you, I'll back at, you know them and I? No, I don't know them. Um, I will get, the get back into the Premiership and put him right. back in their place. Right, right. Right, a strong words from you and Cameron there, thank you. Right, we'll see you later on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do I see what else I did in my living room? Nah. No. <laughs> Bye, boys. Thanks, see you later, you, mate. Bye, man. Bye, man. Oh, is that a nice wee surprise, guys? That was good, mate. Put, uh, put me in the map, that boy. <laughs> put me in the map, that boy. <laughs> Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Now I'm going to hand over to John, the producer, who's going to tell us something he's been raving about. It's that thing called Stitch Fix. You boys heard of this? No, tell us about it. 
So basically, it's like an online personal sh- shopper who will sort out like loads of copper for both men and women, right? They right. get expert stylists, pick out a bunch of clothes for you based on your taste, size, and price preference, and then they'll send all the clothes direct to your door. So you put in what you're, what you weigh, what you're into, Aye. who you want to look like. You go through a whole questionnaire, like I went through it today, and you like pick, it's like, what would you wear out of this? Or do you like short sleeve shirts? Do you like t-shirts? What brands do you like? Do you super, good. Do you like super dry? Do you like Wyland Scott? Do you like all this sort of stuff? And basically then send you a whole bunch of quotes through. So basically you fill out this profile with your preferences. You say how you want to pay, and then the stylist will pick out like five items, like clothing, like t-shirts, shirts, trousers, accessories, maybe a bum bag in your case, Grado. Are you there? Um, you try them on, decide what you fancy, uh, then you pay for what you want, and you send the rest back with a, a free return. So That's it's brilliant. Pretty, so there's basically a charge, I think, like £10. Uh, each month for like your, the stylist time, but that's redeemable against anything you uh, buy. So just say you choose, you can choose to do. You get calls every three months. You get calls every month. You get calls every couple of weeks. They'll take that ten pound that you pay and they'll they'll redeem it against the clothes. So right. you know, so they'll take that. You get your tenner off the clothes. Aye, so you get that. So you get the. the, the You're not really paying anything for their time at all. Oh really? Not really. No. No, no. So it's just really good. So my wife's been on it, and she's always on to me saying I dress like shite, pretty much. Shite. So mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, go and get yourself signed up for that. So actually, I did it today, and I'm, I think I'm getting my delivery in a week's time or something like that. Wow, well, you know what to do as soon as you get that in. I want you to stand in front of the mirror, take a nice big selfie, and we're going to rate you how good you look. This is this is, this is going to be uh, a bit of trouble for Stephen and Grado, because they only do small to extra, extra large. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you've done there, too. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I might be real than Stevie, but everybody, I'm a fat bastard, so I, I wear a medium. So I'm right in their fucking age range, man. Oh, that is mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on there now, like, hundreds have got, like, if you, you, I have to say, like, women absolutely love it. So if you want to get in your good books with a wife or girlfriend. My wife's sitting here, she's not. Get her on this right now, because there's hundreds right. of stuff to, to choose from. So get on there stitchfix.co.uk forward slash daft stitchfix.co.uk Spell that out for us, John. S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot uk forward slash daft. And if you go on that, fill in all that, you'll get some decent clobber sent through and you'll be looking the part. Aye. John, your missus is going to regret what she said because you are going to be absolutely stunning. <laughs> what you pick up if you stitch fix, going. you're going to be, the women are going to I be. a wee before and after. Get a wee before Aye. before the clover you're wearing and then one stitch fix. Have Rigged you. The thing is, John, John, have they got a section for folk up tops? <laughs> no, I have to take that off in the preferences, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome to the show a man who started off his career at Dundee United before moving to Celtic where he won three league titles, a Scottish Cup and a League Cup. He now works as manager of Brecon City as well as being a pundit on Super Scoreboard. It's Mark Wilson. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. Um, what's been happening anyway? How's tricks? All right. Aye, fine. Same as everybody else. Just getting a bit bored now with lockdown and, and wanting to get outside and play, but Especially on the football side, I want to get back and and you know start managing breaking again after a after a skate free relegation thanks to the league vote. What an achievement, mate! What an achievement! See, 
Hey, you've got it on the CV. Never, never, never took Easter escape relegation. That is so much achievement, man. That is still going on the CV. I get asked to, to keep breaking up, so it doesn't matter what way I did it. Covid <laughs> or no. Still, still all one, I'm happy. Wasn't you that started it, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I was, some say I was the only way I was going to get breaking to steel if I started some sort of pandemic, but uh, I'll listen now we're we're happy, unfair, isn't it? Unfair and Kelty and Brora still feel that there was something that could have been done about that, but um, it, it obviously didn't happen. And uh, you know, it looks like we're just not going to crack on with it when we get the the green light to go back. So uh, talking about getting back, what what do you think is going to happen? I mean, are you going to be, are you going to be giving a wee bit of support for the board and stuff like, that and hopefully try and get a better squad on the on the pitch? Or have they have they gave you any sort of idea of what's been happening because of the COVID? I well, they've been. I've been in touch with the board all the way through it. It's it's a strange situation because the the things have kept changing, you know, week by week. We're the same as any other team in Scottish football, so it, it just keeps things keep shifting, and it didn't look good. I'll, I'll be honest, it didn't look good probably a couple of weeks ago for teams like Breaking in terms of starting back. Um, you know, the idea was muted that we might not kick a ball again until next August. You know, just put everything on hold. And then the boy James Anderson comes in and he offers his money. And that's that's maybe made a wee difference, you know, because it allows us to, or, or affords us, or clubs like us, to test players. That's a big, that's a big stopping point. Premiership teams can maybe afford to fork out four and five grand a week to test players. But when you come down to our level, I mean, how can you do that? You, we can't afford that. That's that's your wage bill. You know what I mean? We We, we simply can't afford that. So the sticking point we've got just now is how you how we get back. We use community facilities. So how can you how can you control that? Where you're going to test players, and that's going to be difficult. And that's that's the point we're at ourselves. Um, week two, week one, clubs are similar. Apart from like Thistle and and Falkirk, maybe who are a wee bit different. But the rest of the clubs, it's going to take a lot to to think a way around this. Have see uh, Breaking City? Have they been doing it into like sort of fundraise through the pandemic? A lot of the a lot of the teams have maybe doing we can have online raffle tickets or something you know that you can buy for the when the pandemic's over they can maybe like, win a, a dinner with a team or anything like. Have Breaking been doing it, doing it like to raise it? Aye, well the the funny thing is right is at the the transfer window because we were in dire needs of funds to to try and help us survive the league. The club came up with the idea of putting together this fighting fund. So they put it to the fans for a fighting fund, for transfer funds. And it was obviously great. The, the people are breaking. It's only a small town, remember. You know, put our hands in our pockets and they, they contributed. We raised, we raised a good bit of money to allow me to go and get players. And then, obviously, this happens. And teams are fundraising. And the club kind of swithered whether it was morally right to ask again to do that. Um, they came to the decision, well, that's what we've got to lose. So, again, they, they put it out there to the fans and the fans responded. It's amazing when you, you think, you, you know, these wee towns and wee clubs, they still have a core fan base that's willing to to help their clubs survive. Uh, it's amazing. So, the, the fans have put in, their, put in their money again just to keep the club ticking over in the period where we weren't quite sure what was happening with furlough and things. So, you know, entirely grateful to the people who who, you know, need the money themselves. A lot of people at work just now, but they're willing to put their money, 10 or 20, 50 quid into a club um, who, let's get it right, wasn't he doing so well last season? 
that's amazing. Like under the current like pandemic and everything that's going on, that is just an amazing gesture. But for the fans, that shows a right togetherness. But doesn't it with the fan base and the club? I see. When you look at it, but even breaking, but all the way, all the way through. It's amazing. It's like fade to the top. Celtic Rangers. I mean, Celtic Rangers guys. All these guys that are buying season tickets without knowing. I mean, I had a guy uh, I was speaking to spent what six six hundred quid or seven hundred quid in a season ticket for for Celtic Park and doesn't know what he's getting with that. But it works all the way down. You know, the the fans keep the clubs going. Uh, it's a thing like you you were saying there about the fighting fund. I think Albion Rovers have got something like that put in place as well. And uh, I, I donated a wee bit to that because obviously it's my, my local club, do you know what I mean? But I've sponsored an Russian Winton Rovers player, David Donalds. If you listen, do well this season, me man. That's a Winton player. Good right back. <laughs> Going to be in the programme, sponsored by Gredo. <laughs> <laughs> you used to get the player sponsors at the back of the match. Aye. Brilliant. Aye, but painters and decorators and all that. Who sponsored you, Mark, back in the day? By the way, I'm no joking, right? You see that? That, that was a good thing. See, at Dundee United. That's how you kind of knew if you were doing all right or or one of the the shape players or, or, or less light players, if you like. Because at the start of the season, you'd flip to the back of the programme and if all your, your home, your away and your third strip was sold out with, with sponsors, you knew you were doing all right. And your guys like Charlie Miller and that, he had, he had like three sponsors for his home tops and three, you know, they had the big columns. But I was always happy if I just had the three covered. And then you'd get the guys further down the list who just said, still for sale, call this number, to sponsor. Imagine putting that in the programme, actually. I know. <laughs> I was demoralising if you didn't have a sponsor. That's funny. So you're talking about Dundee United, Mark. You're a Cope Ridge boy. So what, how did that, what led to the move to Dundee United? I was at school at St Ambrose in Cope Bridge, and uh, we had a scout there. Uh, Dundee United had a scout there, and he was my guidance teacher at school. And, uh, you know, I was playing with Dundee United Boys Club anyway, and they kind of amalgamated into the, the kind of pro-youth or whatever you wanted to call it at that time. I was at the stage where where the boys' clubs were kind of ending and getting into this pro-youth, and there's been a lot of debate about that, whether it was right or wrong. Um, so I was in about that. Uh, the scout, uh, Graham Livingston, he was at Holy Cross. He was, a, he was a main scout. And just, you know, went training with a... They had a Glasgow base. United at that time got a lot of their players through the West Coast, and they got a lot of success throughout that, throughout the years. You know, you look mm-hmm. at Billy McKinley and, and guys like Duncan Ferguson, obviously, through the Sterling area, I think he was. But a lot of other good players, Robbie Winters and all that, was done this way. And I just followed that suit. And, uh, you know, played pro-youth, played reserve football while I was still at school. And then when I, I, I'd done my, my standard grades, I was coming up to finish. United offered me a contract when I was 15. I was turning 16 in the June. And I could start pre-season training on the, I think it was something like the 26th of June. When I was yeah. 16, I says, aye. It's a no-brainer. You know, a two-year, a two-year apprenticeship with a aye. professional club in the top league. You know, I was never going all that back. I was all right at school as well, but listen, you're getting paid not that much money, but it's, it was a gateway in, an opportunity in, so I took it. What did you get, your Santa Grids? What did I get? <laughs> By the way, what did I get? I got, well, it was, it's no A's and B's, it was ones and twos. Aye, that's it. I get two, for yous, two ones, two twos, four threes. You might have done better than me. I got, a, I got a one. I'm older than you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you go, Gredo? I got a one for English, one for business management, uh, two for computing, two for music, a three for uh, French, three for maths, three for uh, physics, and three for chemistry. 
what on this programme one time say that you cheated a musical. <laughs> That's right. That was, that was my higher music. So that, that was my higher music. <laughs> I, I didn't play the That's right. My mate played the guitar for me. The, the tutor with the examiner was behind the piano. And I fucking played away, but it wasn't me. It was my mate in the background playing it. Like I fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's Surely no, all his grades have got to be up for questioning. I, I, I tainted standard grades. Tainted. Put an asterisk beside that. Behind day ones and twos, my boy. So see how when you were at Dundee United, were you, I think you were exposed to the likes of Charlie Miller and Latipe and stuff like that. What, what, were these, what were these characters like in the, the Dundee United locker room? Amazing. I mean, what a group of players to grow up. I was I was always quite quiet. Didn't drink back then, you know. Just uh, as I say, just quite. An Until you met Charlie Miller. <laughs> well, Charlie showed me. Charlie showed me what drinking was. You know, he was he was unreal. You know, the guy could turn up hung over to train and still be the best player by far. Um, he's some man, but Charlie. Well, you know Charlie, what he's like. You know what a character he is. Um, one of the best players that I've played with. Um, and that was kind of his tail end, his career at United. But just what a guy off the pitch as well he was, you know, just He's taking, guy, Charlie. I think people under under his wing foreigners, any foreigners in the club. Charlie was the first guy who would invite him into his house or you know take them about the town. Quite often, he wanted one, one of the boozers I and get them pissed, right? enough. but uh, with me, with myself, Charlie looked after me. You know, always made sure I was all right. You know, gave me advice. But in the dress room, it was a brilliant dress room. Weed Russell as well. You mentioned Weed Russell. Aye. He came. Just what a talent. You know, I never out the toilet smoking, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Loved a fag. Uh, but they, they boys were brilliant. And that's what somebody explained to me once. They, they drank like a fish and like smoked like a chimney. Russell, that happy. Russell, it was great. He loved the... Uh, what was that? What was the night? It was a trash on a Tuesday night. He loved that, didn't he? Love that. Trash time, right, man. They were great days, man. Oh, what's that? I don't know what's trash. Tell me about trash. I'm an Elsher boy. What's that? It's pumped in, no, mate. You should get in the toilet, man. Pumped in. I think, we, I think Russell must have been smoking in the toilet and burnt it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, that was the place to go on a Tuesday night, apparently. I mean, I was too young for it, but Russell would turn up, you know, on a Wednesday if we were training with the old bloodshot eyes and and uh, it's still half canned, but he would still be brilliant. But just uh, amazing, we had an experienced dress room at that time. If you look at them all now, they're all they're all managers, or coaches in the rain, right? Uh, that, you know, Derek McInnes and Alan Archibald at Thistle and Jim McIntyre, Dodgy mm. uh, as well, Charlie. You know, on, on the one dress room, so it was it was quite strong. You worked under Ian McCall as well, didn't you, Mark? Aye, aye, Ian came in. I, I I broke through under Alex Smith and then Alex got the sack and there was, you know, Morris Malpass and Hagey took care for a bit and it was just makeshift. Then Ian came in and Ian was, uh, Ian was uh, do you remember the up-and-coming manager at Falkirk? I think they battered Hearts in the cup and uh, Colin Samuel might have scored a hat-trick and his stock was rising. United gave him a good contract and they came in. And he, he, was, he was just so different, if I'm honest, to... Compared to Alex Smith and and Morris and that, he was you know the way he is, you know you know very outspoken, very sure of himself, and he was great for United. It was what United needed, and he he put a lot of trust in me. He dropped me at first, right enough. He wasn't sure of me at first. He dropped me at the team, and maybe it was it was a kick up the arse I needed. Kind of uh, brought me back in shortly after, and he kind of he made a he made not a system around me, but he, we played. We played uh, 
a kind of four a four four two, but he didn't put a right mid. Mark Kerr was in front of me, but he, he played him narrow and allowed me to bomb up and down that right hand side and mm-hmm. just made me into a, a sort of a, a kind of wing back. And I probably played a lot of my, my best stuff under him. Eventually got the move after that, you know, after a couple of seasons. So I'm grateful to him for that. Have you got any have you got any belters about Ian McCall? I mean, I don't know how funny it wasn't funny for us as players, but when he came in he came in and he, he lost it. I mean, you can see his, you can see his temper sometimes in the touchline, but he's calmed down a bit now. But I remember one time against Aberdeen, we were losing 2-0 at Panadice, and he absolutely flipped his lid. I think it's probably the worst rant I've ever seen from a manager. It was the, the old treatment table is in, in the middle of the changing room with all the sandwiches and I can tea and everything on it. And he came in and he lost it and he, he, he tipped the full thing up. You know, and sandwiches. I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. Just, but you can even hear what he was saying. It's just, you know, that way spit coming out of his mouth and just fucking raging. And I thought, how, I mean, how in management can you get that angry at Aiton? I just thought that's, that's just a new level. And see, to be fair, we went out and won 3 2. And that, that, that was just, that's just his type of management. But he was, he was brilliant. I think he's mellowed a bit now. But in the early days at uh, United, he could certainly lose it. It wasn't shy in telling you. So you moved to Celtic under Gordon Strachan in 2005. Was that a boyhood dream come true? Aye, aye, it was. Because uh, I'm not I'm, bro, I'm not that far from Celtic Park, so just about five, ten minutes along the road in, in Broomhouse. Um, you know, went to the games. You know, Powell very kindly gave me a season ticket and, uh, you know, lived through a lot of the the rubbish years as a Celtic fan, if I'm honest, through the 90s where Rangers were just romping it. So it was always always a dream to get there. And uh, I, it was a special day going. But I mean, when I went there... Yeah, I didn't so there a minute. So, you, so the, who was the brother I met at, at Tina Park that said you were a Rangers fan? Oh, he's not my brother. Aye, that was my mate. Remember that? Do you remember <laughs> that? Aye, he came me you were a Rangers fan. Was he? He was like, no, that's not right. He's a Rangers fan. Aye, that'll be why he's done it then. Aye, aye. That was great, man. Was no no Gallagher was on that night, I think, wasn't it? No Gallagher. Took me four hours to get home right enough. That's right, that was a nightmare. Denny McInnes was there that day, I know. I know, I met him. Aye, I met him last night. That's like three man. What a day we had there. Fucking Stephen, weren't we? Oh, hey, hey, oh, that's enough said, eh? <laughs> anyway, so I was like excited for Celtic. <laughs> it wasn't as good as that day at Tina Park, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Mark, is it, she, is it true that she, before you signed for Celtic, did you, did you knock back Man City and Everton? It was earlier on, um, when I got a chance to sign for Dundee United, Man City offered me a contract to go for school. They offered me quite a good contract. I, I've spoken about it before. They offered me like 400 quid a week and accommodation, a house for my man, Dad. Um, and I knocked that back for 80 quid a week at Dundee United uh, and staying in digs. But I, I don't regret that. Um, Everton, Everton was interested I when, when the move was coming about. And I think Wolves and somebody else. But there was never any, any concrete for them. I was always kind of either interested. They've came to watch you several times. They might make a bid but Celtic were as soon as I heard Celtic were interested then you know I was I was hoping that they would make a concrete bid and uh, they matched the, the buyout clause in my contract which was 500 grand and and that was that it was pretty easy 
No often that Celtic actually paying the money for somebody, even if it's only half a million quid. Do you know what I mean? I, I know. I think that was a struggle as well, but we got there in the end. Nee hoose for your mind there, there, no? They know from you that. No, no, no. Teams, I think it's always just for like when, when if you're a youngster and you need to move, moving hoose down south, that's when they do it. I, it was a lot of the, I, I used to hear it a lot way, when I was coming through, all the younger ones, you know, there was a lot, much more, you know, much better players than me were doing it like Chelsea and Man United and all these clubs, Blackburn, Man City were big at the time and they would die, they'd try and get the players done. And the, because they were running about that many clubs, these boys were going and sort of playing them off each other. Mm. It was whoever had the best offer. Often clubs would say, listen, to make you feel more comfortable, we'll, we'll relocate your family. I mean, does, your, does your man feel they have to really consider that? Because that's like... Well, I don't know. My man are living in a council house. They still are just now. So they Aye. were probably gutted when I turned it down. <laughs> that's <of> a what <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but I, 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 I was grateful enough to them that they made up my decision, which is quite, you know, it was quite good in them when I was 15 Aye. year old. Aye. I do not like your man dad. Just take it, son. Take it. <laughs> when you go, come on. I've, I've, always, I've always liked that, Everton. <laughs> 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 you every day, the more going like your dad, no, what's your hanky day? Still saying no. <laughs> <laughs> you see, do you, do you remember your first training session? Was she like? Aye, aye, it was a tough day, aye. that. Aye, it was nerve wracking, to be honest. Tough day brought in um, and, and come for a small club. United to Celtic, the like the professionalism was was through the roof. So I was taken away with a stone taking up gym with a fitness coach. I didn't didn't have a fitness coach at Dundee United or anything like that. Putting the treadmill, big oxygen mask on, made today the VO2 max, which is a nightmare to get how fit my actual fitness levels. And then um, straight back down. I met I met Roy Keane in the gym that day. That was oh. the first morning. You know what I mean? That was amazing. Then straight back down. So the VO2 max, you do obviously to your maximum. You run to your finished, and I thought that might have been it. But now, of course, straight out to training to Barrafield, and you're playing. You know, you you've got a Toro set up. You know, the big circle: John Hartson, Alan Thompson, Petrov, Lenny. You know, Keen, all these guys, and zipping the ball about for ten minutes, and I'm chasing it. I can kind of get anywhere near it. You know, and it's and that's before the training starts, and then you're into training, and it's. The passing drills were just, you know, different class, just crisp, the games. And I was absolutely humped at the end of it. And then Strachan <laughs> was big into his fitness. Got another running set right after it. All the players used to give running every Tuesday. And I was I was pumped by the end of it. And I thought, I can't believe the, the level of United, who I thought were, were a good standard to, to Celtic. And that was, that was day one of training. So it was, it took me a bit to... To kind of adapt to that level of professionalism and and what it took the the levels of fitness it just wasn't about your ability you had to be you had to be on it. So was, there was no Russell Latapy, there was no like Russell Latapy in the toilets having a fagger in. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that big Arthur Boric did like the occasional <laughs> packet of fags, not just one, but uh, he could get away with it, big Arthur because he was away with the goalies, so he didn't need to do any of the running. But no, the rest of the boys weren't there. Uh, one of the big anti regal king size at that time. <laughs> <laughs> what was Roy Keane like in the dressing room? He was he was alright actually. He was he was quite quiet. He was he was good with the young ones. You know, myself, Maloney, 
McGeady, Darna Day, um, you know, Big Mick McManus and that. If we were ever at the gym, Roy Keane was about, he would take time ever at lunch, he would sit with us at the table and he would chat old stories and that. So he was he was a lovely guy. And then he went in the training pitch and he was he was Roy Keane. You know what I mean? And he was <laughs> he was he wasn't the one to mess with. His standards were his standards were that high. It was it was hard for me to live up to them. Yeah, I'll hold you. Ever take up. you out in the training field? Ever take you out? You've got a copper sober. Aye, he wiped me out when when uh, I've said it before. But one day we're we're in training, wet day, pushing a rain, and I, I run it to close him down near the corner flag, and I slip, lose my footing, and I, I I go down and I, I clip his leg, and he goes down, and it was almost like nobody was allowed to tackle him, and he gets up and he stares right through me like you wouldn't believe. Doesn't he say a word? And I say, I'm sorry, sorry about that. And just walks by me. Honestly, five minutes later, switch of play comes from left back to right back, and I see him just charging for about the centre circle out to the right back position. And I see him coming, and I just anticipate it and take my touch forward out his way. He's not interested in the ball, is he? He just scissors me, waist high, <laughs> takes me out, and just gets up and uh, doesn't he say it, just walks away. Same demeanour, striking. Then they, then everybody just went silent. Striking, just right. Play on. That's us. Play on. Then they say it, and everybody, everybody was terrified to say it, and uh, myself included. And then we got back to the, we got back to Celtic Park. We were training at Barrafield at that time, and I can't remember who it was, Darnadi or something. Says what about that challenge? And then everybody burst out laughing, and then he came in. He came in the dressing room and gave a wee smirk, but didn't he? Didn't he But that's the kind of guy he was. He was. He's. If you play, you know, boxes, you know, and guys that listen as day boxes six v two or whatever. His standard on that was incredible. Aye. But he would shell the ball at you. I mean, shell it at you knee height. And any other player, you would go right. That was my fault. I'll go in for that. He wouldn't move. He would shell it at you and bounce off your knee, and you'd go. Ah, you need to go in for that. That's a terrible pass. No, mm-hmm. no, him. He would just stare right through you. And, and it was like a kind of a battle of wills, and obviously everybody else lost apart from him. Everybody went in for him. It was, it was an incredible experience playing with him. Who is who is mental? Him or Gravison? Oh fuck, Gravison. Gravison was Roy. Uh, listen, Roy. Roy Keane was a, a respectable like <laughs> adult. If you know what I mean, a guy who was just doing earth but fierce on the pitch. Gravison was a maniac. Just. <laughs> Just uh, I've, I've you know said loads about him and you've heard loads about him, but you wouldn't he, you you still think that people might be making some of that up. I think he's he was worse because people forget some of the things he did on a day to day basis. He was just a an absolute crazy guy, and yet you need to remember this guy came from Real Madrid. It's not as if he came from a Dundee United or something. He came from Real Madrid, playing with Beckham and Ronaldo and all these guys. And he came to us and he was the class clown. Brilliant. Gave one of his tales. Gravison used to, he had this habit of dry humping everybody. You know, dry, just kidding on, he was, he was riding everybody. I mean, I mean everybody. I think the only person exempt was, was the boss, Strachan. I mean, he, he would grab physio, so if, if you were just standing and Tommy would come in a room, he would grab you now, he was strong as an ox, this guy, arms run you from behind you, and proper bend you up, and have a good ride at you, and you couldn't get him off, so you just kind of, you had to, 
like play play dead. Like if a spider catches a fucking a wasp or something, it just plays dead. That's what you had today to he get off you, and then you could make your escape. But <laughs> he, was, he, he was he was brilliant. Strachan Strachan says this one time. I remember Strachan says this one time on a I think it was a Rangers game. He says nobody nobody get involved. Nobody get involved with a ref. Don't don't speak to the ref. We need everybody on the pitch. These games are important. Keep your head. Uh, I mean, if anybody gets involved with a ref, you'll get a fine. And of course, so we're all kind of lining up in our dressing room waiting to go out. And the door goes to the ref. He's all the ref was always barring the door. And Gordon would always kind of make his way back and bang, bang, bang. And, and Tommy, Tommy opened the door and says, "Sorry, that he used to speak with that stupid lover fuddling accent. Sorry, that we're not allowed to speak to you." And shut the door in his face. <laughs> And that was that was just like I mean everybody's got the serious face on and he opens that door and says to the ref, sorry, we're not allowed to speak to you and shuts the door before you go in front of sixty thousand. He was class. He was uh, uh, you touched on it, but that was the Rangers game. Was that the was that the Rangers game that you had done the business? No, he was it? No, Tommy was away by that time. He was, was long gone. Jeff Jeff was in that game, I remember that. That was that no the Alan Coist and the touchline, New Lennon, was it that game? Actually, that game, aye, aye, aye. Juf was, Juf had just came to Rangers, hadn't he? And That's he was right. the game was before. They gave him an eyebrow. Was, was that like the cup replay? Park key definitely you drew Scott Brown scored yeah. the eyebrows, and you drew two aye. each, and then aye, wasn't it? Aye. So that's aye, That's what happened with, with that Bruni celebration. Juf was Juf and him were going at it. Bruni was playing right mid at Ibrox that day. Uh, I was playing right back, so it was me and him with, with Juf, and the two of them were going at it all day. You know, just all half. There was a wee kind of scuffle in the tunnel at half time, going up the tunnel. Uh, I was I was further ahead, so I, I wasn't quite sure what had happened, but I knew Bruni and him were were saying head words in the tunnel. And of course then uh, uh, the second half, he Scott gets the ball and he puts it in the top bin and <laughs> you couldn't have timed it any better who was standing next to him. To have to have the thought though, I know going away and celebrating, but just standing there, I mean it must have took a lot from me to do that. Uh, and it, it became iconic for him. And then I, I scored in the replay. Right, you, you scored in the replay. Um, see the the goal itself. I, the it was how how you managed to get that in on the rebound. Like see the first shot that you hit. I've never seen them. They hit a ball sweeter than the first shot that you hit. Right. And then when it comes back out, you can kind of volley it into the ground. That's the only part of that goal that the ball could have fucking went into that day. And it went in, man. It must have been some feeling to score the winner. I know it was weird, wasn't it? How it, how it managed to bounce and then bounce. In. I know it was no, no the way I'd imagined it, but no, it was some feeling because, as I say, I, I grew up with Rangers pumping Celtic all the time, being in many games where they did. And you know what it's like when you're a wee guy. You, you actually, you want to be out there, you know, helping your team against Rangers or Celtic, whatever side you're on. So. When I was out there playing in the games, it was brilliant. But to score one and then end up being the winner was an unbelievable feeling. Um, you know, you can't describe. It's hard to describe it because it's it's what you. Uh, the old cliche is a dream, but as a dream, when you're a Rangers or Celtic fan, your dream is to, dream, to play and score. It's living the dream, mate. You've lived the dream. Do you know what I mean? You've played for your boyhood club. You've scored against Rangers. That's, was that? Would you say that's your highlight at Celtic? What is your ultimate highlight of your time at Celtic? I either that or I always always remember my first Champions League game for, for Celtic because, again, when I was a wee boy growing up, uh, I watched the Champions League. It was always on ITV. Watched Man United constantly through all that run to the, the winning the Champions League. 
And then just by chance, in the first year I'm at Celtic, we get to the Champions League group stages. We draw Man United in the first games at Old Trafford. You know, and I couldn't believe it. And I was selected in the starting lineup that night. And uh, standing there at Old Trafford when that tune comes on, I mean, ah, oh, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. See, I was some. I think there was seventy thousand there. Celtic had maybe ten thousand fans or something along those lines. And you're lined up against these guys who a lot of them I'd watched on the telly. You know, schools and I think Neville and Giggs certainly had played that night. Um, and it was brilliant coming up against them. So that that and and obviously scoring against Rangers, I brilliant. See, just before you scored the goal against Rangers, you were you were on a mad score. <laughs> Remember, did you not get like seven goals in five games? No, it wasn't as much as that. But I <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. I bummed me up uh, if you want. But I was, I hadn't, hadn't, hadn't even had a shot. I don't think for Celtic in about four years. And then don't know what happened. I scored a, I scored a header up at Petodre against Aberdeen, and then I scored against scored against Dundee United at Tannadice. I think then I scored against Rangers on the space of like four weeks or something. Like that. I was, I was mad. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember, I remember I, I met you in Blue Dog, aye. Blue Dog, that's what it was, aye. Oh, cocktail bar, Oh, I love that in there. Oh, oh, great man, it? Oh, I remember when you used to be with Goot, man. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, man. Hey, yeah, do you remember there. when you used to be able to go to concerts? Then I met you at the Stereophonics concert. Stereophonics. <laughs> well, I can't remember that. I must have been <laughs> I must have been a bit worse for <laughs> wear that. Big thing, I bought you a drink. The two of us were at a bar and we were fucking steamboats, man. <laughs> Nakamura, mate, talk to me about him. Was he not just the fucking best ever? Aye, he was my he was my top player. I've played with. He was frightening, Un, unreal. What a guy as well. Kid had only couldn't speak English, so he didn't need to do any press, which I thought was brilliant. Um, right. Aye, but uh, even even kid had only missed his teammates that he couldn't speak English to ones he didn't want to speak English to. But um, great, very quiet. He's we uh, he's we interpreter. Was brilliant. His his name was Maka, so you had Naka and Maka, which was great. And he used to he used to every day after training he used to fire his wee interpreter in goals and hit free kicks into him. It was brilliant. So all of us were every day. It was brilliant. And he the wee guy would stand with the oversized Celtic jacket on, we Maka, uh, you know, Eddie's knuckles. And he would stand, stand go and try and save these free kicks that Van der Sarm guys couldn't save and he's diving about the <laughs> diving about the goal in the fishing rain. It was brilliant. He used to all look at the window, looking at him, saying that guy's not getting paid enough for this half knack. That was class. Right. Nah, what a player he was. What a player. He was awesome. After Celtic Mark, you had a brief stint at Bristol City before you went back to United. What was the spe- the setting spell like at United? I was much different, if I'm honest. I left, I left uh, Dundee United and they were still training at like junior grounds and spare pieces of ground you could get. Um, so in my time away, they had different managers. I think Craig Levine came in and he made it more professional. Took the team to, Dun- uh, to St Andrews to train, set up a training base, set up an academy. And it was much different, much more professional. 
Manager at that time was Jackie McNamara, Simon Donnelly, Darren Jackson. Um, you know, three great guys. And uh, to be honest, if I'm being completely honest, I was struggling with injuries at that time. And Jackie and Sid and that knew that. Um, and, and that kind of reflected the contract I got. It was kind of bit by bit. But I still managed to play my part. It was still good. Still played with some some top players. I mean, lucky enough to play with Andy Robertson at that time, who just came through. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, guys like that, Ryan Gold. And I enjoyed it. We had some success. We got, you know, finished pretty high up the league. We were doing pretty well. Got to a Scottish Cup final. But beat Ashton Johnson right enough. And uh, it was good. But I wish I could have played more games. I don't know if the United fans thought I might have been the, the same player as when I left. But what had passed by, something like eight years or something, had passed by. I had too many operations on my knee. And I wasn't quite the same player. So... I admit that, but I still enjoy that. I still get a lot of time for the club. A club uh, is quite close to my heart because they brought me through and then gave me a second chance at the tail end. They never gave you a push butt, did they? I can write they didn't. No, I had to pay my own way at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have brought up the old man city story to them when I was coming back. Do you remember, I knocked back that house at city and made just five hundred grand. Me a and I get that back now. <laughs> <laughs> Right. When did when did you decide to get into you wanted to get into the media side of football? <laughs> I didn't. I just harmed. I came back up the road for Bristol City, signed for Dundee United, and then I just started getting me requests for you know I was made for the BBC, BBC Sports Sound. Uh, a mate, a mate who was a producer on the show, lived in my street, and uh, he said, "Do you want to come on for him?" You know, one of the what do you call it, Sports Sound. This is I went on. He says, that went well. You want to come back next week? I said, fine. Done him a few times. Then I got a call at the blue for, for Jerry McCulloch, who was the, the anchor at SSB. And he, they were starting a new season. I think they were looking to freshen things up. And he said, do you want to come in and be a pundit? Uh, I thought it was just for the night. Uh, he says, come in on Thursday. So fine, went in on Thursday. I thought it was just a guest on the show. And he says, again, that went well. Do you want to come back next week? I said, fine, okay. Went back the next week. And that was it. I was invited back maybe, I don't know, for four weeks on the trot, five weeks in the trot. And they say, look, do you, want to, do you want to be a part of this? I said, I, of course. I'd, listen, I'd grew up listening to Clyde all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been around Scottish football for a long time. So to be asked to be on that show, it was, you know, it was brilliant for me because I, I used to like Hugh Keevans and all that. I, I'd only listened to him. I'd only read him in the paper quite often slaughtering me when I was at Celtic so then to be on the same shows I'm working with him ah, what an experience he is a gentleman man isn't he he's a he's lovely guy man. man yeah yeah, great guy a lot of time for Hugh and he makes that show he knows Aye. I mean he knows how to work the, the audience and he's he's a very bright guy but about when you moved into management with Airdrie what was that like for a Cope Ridge boy Mark I loved it Aye, it was good it was pretty local if I'm honest I'm the same as Chris here. Albion Rovers was probably my Coat Bridge team. And of course, they are, they are fierce rivals. So, and of course, Aye. Airdrie were, if you like, kind of the Rangers persuasion a, a, a Coat Bridge. So, I don't know how it went down with the fans when I went. I mean, I did get a fair bit of abuse from my own fans. I mean, every game, there was, there was boys that would sit behind the dugout and just, I think they just went there and paid their money to give me abuse. I mean, Airdrie fans. I mean, there was times I remember we were, I think we were winning four-two in a game at the end of the season. I was securing a place into the the playoffs, and there's boys sitting behind me. 
you know, getting absolute pelters. This is fucking no use, Wilson. This is terrible. And I'm going... Do you react to that? Do you ever react to it? Or have you got to just totally bite the lip? Got to bite the lip. You can't react to it now. I mean, I think the basic reaction to it, you could have got away with it maybe 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, all the old school the managers. I whip out the phone, you're done, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. You'll never manage again. So you just need to take it in the chin, I suppose. But no, it was great. And uh, I, I really liked my time at the club. I had a great set up there. And, you know, I achieved what, what they asked me to do, got us to the playoffs. And unfortunately, the, the situation wasn't right for the following year for me as a young manager. And we, I, I came to a decision that wasn't right for me to stay on. So decided to walk away, which is never easy. Being a young coach, you never know when you're going to get back in. So I had to make that decision. But I felt it was the right one. Right, Mark, see, every single week on the show, we do a quiz. Right, I don't know if you've listened to the show, but we've got a, we've got a quiz that we do at the end. It's a 90-second quiz, right? Um, we've, we've had a few belters in the past. We've had uh, Kenny Joker at the top of the, the, top of the tree. Um, he's got 13 points. Barry Ferguson and Owen Coyle have got 12. Looking down at the rest of the board, we've got Alan Archibald, Brian Prunty, David Temple, and all on a, they're all on 11. Murdo McLeod and Charlie Adam are all on 10. Ian Murray and Lauren Shankland are on 7. Lee Miller, Jordan Young, Ross McClory and Bob Malcolm are on 6. Frank McAvenny and Dick Campbell are on 5. Lovin Kranz is on 3. And the strongest man in Scottish football is David McCracken. Is he sodding up the rest of them? He's only got one point. Okay, okay. Uh, anybody in that list that you want to beat? Who was at the top again? I know, Dr. Goals. Ah, he's a doctor, though. I'll not beat him, will he? Kenny Duker. Aye, well, the, after Kenny, you've got Barry Ferguson and Owen Coyle on 12. I'll try and beat Barry Ferguson then, since, since See, he's I'm an ace Rangers man, that Kelly man. You're going to try and draw uh, with a with good doctor then? Well, there's no point in playing if I'm if I'm going to say I'm going to beat David McCracken, is there? <laughs> <laughs> May as well scrap it. Aye, right, go for so it. This, this mate, because, because I'm a Celtic fan, I don't want to ask you the questions because I'll end up slipping in a few wee fucking... A few hints. Wee hints, right. So, Gredo, you want to ask you questions, right. even? No, but John, have we got 90 seconds on the clock? Yes, And you can't pass. Aye. The Blue Brazil are the nickname of which team? Cowden Bay. What was your first squad number at Celtic? 12. Which ex-Celt has been linked with a move to Aberdeen this week? Johnny Hayes. Who does Spurs play in the Premiership this Friday? Man United. What are Edinburgh, what are Edinburgh City's home colours? Uh, white and black. How many under-21 caps did you get? 19. What Scotland winger currently plays for Bournemouth? Ryan Fraser. Who is the current manager of Dumbarton? Jim Duffy. Who put Celtic out of this year's Europa League? FC Copenhagen. How many career goals are you credited with? 15. Where do Montrose play their home games? Station Park. Who finished further in the Scottish Premiership? Motherwell. What team did Rangers sign Joe Aribo from? Charlton. And what year were Dundee United formed? 1908. What minute did you score your goal against Rangers in the Scottish Cup? <laughs> 54. How many clubs backed league construction this week? Nine. Can you read the questions, sorry? <laughs> Liverpool have been linked with this week with which Barcelona player? Did you say Martin? Liverpool have been linked this oh, week with which Barcelona player? Uh, Piquet. What is Stennis Housemuir's nickname? 
the Warriors. Hibs ended the Scottish Cup drunk against Rangers. Time! Holy shit, man! Ma, 2016, did I get 2016? Oh, I get that. I get that. I think you could have had a record score there if Grado could read properly and talk properly. Come on, I thought I'd win there, man. You know what the best bit was? When you said Liverpool have been linked with this week with which Barcelona player? And Mark thought you said Motherwell. <laughs> Motherwell linked with a Barcelona player. How the fuck did I, I pronounce Stenhouse Muir and all? What the fuck did I say there? Stenhouse Muir's? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was well, but you done brilliant there, Mark. Did really, really well. Um, Greg goes through some of the wrong answers, Mark. There could be one. There could be one contention here. There could be one contention. Aye, here. Right. It's not one by Wikipedia. It doesn't count because you give everybody else the, the answer. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see, Chris. We'll wait and see. Uh, what year were you knighted? Mark, Mark knows you like him too. Calm down. Too much, no, mate. Too much. <laughs> what year were you Dundee United for? It was 1909. Um, what minute did you score your goal against Rangers? 47th minute. Um, how many clubs back league reconstruction this week? Easy for Grado to say. It was, uh, <laughs> it was 16. Liverpool have been linked with Dembele from Barcelona this week. Apart from that, now we're going to go back to one with contention. You've said how many career goals? You said 15, right? I've got down 14 here. I don't know. Well, I, I can't tell you. You're a mechanic. I'll say I was right, aye. You're, you're right. I remember every one of them. I'll tell you what, we'll do, some we'll do some research into that, right? So if you had said 14, you would have been top of the leaderboard. Why don't we ask him the last question? Aye, and if you get, why do we do that? Well, okay, um, yeah, let's ask him the last question. And if you get that, if you get that right, you're top of the week. But this is, this is an easy one, but... Uh, but listen, that's the way that's the way Okay, fair right. enough, okay. Sudden death. Easy for you to read here, Gredo. You alright with this right. one? I've got, I'll take it, because there's no time here, so I'll say this very slowly for you, okay? Mark, who did you play in your first game in charge of Airdrie? Remember that? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Was that not like your first game in my I'll, I'll be Rovers. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> Rovers. <laughs> well I, I done, Mark Wilson. Top of the leaderboard with an asterisk. How <laughs> 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 current? Brilliant, John. Topical. <laughs> you beat Barry Ferguson and you beat the good doctor, Mark. On 14 now, mate. No, remember he's got an asterisk. And an asterisk count, remember, Grado, asterisk count. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, well, Matt. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was well done, mate. Mate, Mark, well thanks very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy that. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Matt. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. It is now time for our Beer 52 teaser. For your chance to win a case of beer, all you have to do is answer the question we put to you. Last week we asked you which Englishman played in the 1989 Scottish Cup final and the 1992 FA Cup final. The answer was Mark Walters for Rangers and Liverpool. Anton Rogan also played in both for Celtic and Sunderland, although he was Irish, but as producer John wrote the question, 
His producer John wrote the question wrong on Twitter. We accepted both answers. My fault, my fault. Right, so congratulations therefore to Ross Finlay who nailed it. This week the Premiership restarts. So how about this one? There are nine players who have scored 50 or more Premier League goals whose surname ends with the letter A. Can you name five of them? You can enter by commenting on the link in the Football Daft Facebook page or tweet your answer to at Football Daft Pod. Winners must be over 18 and stay in the UK and you can get your free, free beer from Beer 52 as well. It's a monthly subscription service for beer which they source from some of the greatest small batch breweries around the world. They theme every case each month with previous themes including Germany, South Africa, Korea, New Zealand and more. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash daft and we can sort you out free beers. Um, sorry. Uh, we can sort you out free beers if you just cover the four ninety five for the postage. So just go to beer52.com forward slash daft. That's the word beer and the numbers five and two dot com to get your first case of beers for free. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. Well, boys, another week has come and gone. That was a good laugh. I really enjoyed listening to Mark Wilson. He was great, wasn't he? Ah, he was great. Really good. By the way, see that night I met him in the boozer. What a buzz. Honestly, what a laugh. (laughs) Tell us, Bear. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, back when, when I used to drink and be a wee fucking arsehole, right? I mean, yeah, we were in the boozer, and he's married to one of Mark's married to one of my dad's friends, uh, nieces. <laughs> you know that way, you're like, I'm going to tell him that. So, <laughs> I, I went over and I was like, how you doing, mate? We had a few, we had a couple of mates in common as well, Marky Kerr and people like that, right? So, I know Marky Kerr, right? Went over and we got talking to him. I spent about an hour with him, man. Honestly, like, just an hour. I went on. No, it was a, it was a good laugh, but it wasn't like make like uh, fucking buying rounds and all that. It was a good buzz, but uh, he's a he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He gets, uh, sometimes he gets a bit a bit of heat after uh, so uh, Fuck you, Grado. Oh, <laughs> oh. Even Grado says tell us about it. He Aye. didn't mean literally tell us about it. <laughs> He's written the cunt at you. Hey, thanks for that last week's episode, Trips. Hey, right, see you later. Hold on, hold oh, oh, on. Hold on, hold 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 on. Hold I, if we get time, could you so John? John, have we get time left? I'll that time turns out Mark Wilson in the pub, so now we've not got time. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'll tell you something next weekend. Tell us next week, mate. Right. I have been Stephen Pudden. I've been Gredo. I've been Chris. See you guys next week. Bye.